We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. not a good intro. Bad look. It's a bad look. I kind of like this haircut. Let's get out. Let's get it out the way. Okay. Let's just get it out first. Just, you want to just I want it out the way that? right now. Yeah. Let's go. I was gonna slowly romantically work no, my way into your haircut. I was like, I, I've told you, I've seen Eight Mile. I know how this goes. You want me to just fire? Just go ahead. Okay. This, Did you do this on purpose? <laughs> this is this is unintentional. <laughs> you walked in today. You said you were gonna meet me. You didn't give me the heads up. You, you just you were like, hey man, you in your office? I was like, yeah. You want to come down? No, no. I was going to meet downstairs. I walked downstairs. You just turn around. Yeah. Give me one of these. Oh hey! Oh. No warning. No warning. No advance notice. I nothing. thought I thought I, I I'd give this to you as a gift, and surprisingly, you didn't take the bait. You were a stand-up gentleman. You didn't make me feel bad about it I, at all. I just said, "Wow, you, you cut it short this time." I was shocked. You know, yeah. when you when you said it like that, that's when that's when I realized it was worse than I thought it was. I, is that <laughs> a new barber? Huh? Is that the new barber? It was a new barber. I, I asked him. I sat down in the chair. He's like, "You remember everything?" He's like, yeah, I remember everything. I'm like, "All right." I'm pretty sure he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Did it remember? You did. What is that? Is that a three in top two? Three and a half metal blade. So Ooh. metal blade cuts it even like shorter, you know? Yeah. I can see a lot of scalp. So, a lot of scalp. Um, is that- Adam, I get done with the haircut because Adam got a haircut too. Adam's haircut, the best haircut ever. It's got a nice hard part, got a nice flow going. Looks great. But I get done with my haircut. Adam's laughing at me. Dad, you look bald. <laughs> there, There is an element here of baldness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's okay though. So, so this is uh, your neighbor, right? No, no, no. It's, oh, okay. It's his, my neighbor's shop, but it's uh, somebody that works there at okay. the shop. Yeah. Going yeah. there again? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep going. You got to give this guy a couple tries. You got to give him at least three or four tries. I don't have enough hair for tries. <laughs> yeah, it's, you either get it right, man, or you don't get it at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Just... now Chris is rethinking this. Yeah, 170 dollars, totally worth it. No, I've I've very much considered and. Since we're talking amongst friends here, amongst friends, no yeah. one else is listening. No one else is listening. I mean, maybe five people out there, but um, probably ten now after after last episode. After the Baller Busters episode, yeah, yeah, the introduction. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everybody, everybody got a chance to check it out. For those of you who may have been underwhelmed by the show, uh, let us be the first to tell you, or possibly the second at this point in time, depending on where you are and listening to the show, that it was meant to be an introductory episode. There is a lot more behind that, so. Be patient. The story is going to unpack. It took us a long time to earn their trust and and to get them on the show recording with us. So we didn't want to pry too hard on uh, what we now lovingly, affectionately called Chapter 1. Yeah, exactly. Chapter 1. I'm excited for everything that's planned out for the future. Yeah, there's going to be a lot there. A lot of people, uh, guests, and a lot of things that uh, I think we'll get into topic-wise that I think people want to hear. Right. So, yeah, good. We're going to give the people what they want. But back to... uh, well, they, they want me, baby. Uh, <laughs> but on, back, baby. To, back to uh, the hair thing. So I have been considering tossing around the idea of... Toss a lot of things around? Sha- shaving it. Tossing a lot of you? things. Yeah. 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 
No. Yeah. I've always told you, you never believe me. I had always told you, you look good with a shaved head. Because you always look like that afterward. You smile like an asshole at me. No, but you got it's a good look. It's, it's you know, very deceptive. That look is in. No, Short you, up top, long you down can't low. Even, you can't even hold a, like a goddamn straight face when you say to me. Dude, I, I'm being honest. I have no reason to lie to you. Say it again with a straight face. Say what? <laughs> You're terrible <laughs> me. Son of a bitch. Okay, well, without further ado, you are turned into the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. Sitting next to me is my partner in time, my Loki, the one and only Said Omar. Oh, thank you, man. Sitting he next got to that me. reference. He got that reference. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't think you got it. My Loki? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Marvel character. I got it. Oh, God. Okay. okay good. Just, you know what? God, you scared me for a second. I yeah. was like, come on, you know that one. What? What? I, I didn't? No, no, you got it. I got it. Yeah. What the hell? Okay. That's we had a brief discussion about this. Brief. It was very brief, which was enough to get me to tune in. But, anyways, sitting next to me and my partner in crime, Chris Nahibi. No nickname. Okay. My Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I, I know that that tickles your fancy. You like that. That's a compliment. It's different when I say it about myself because I'm wearing the same glasses that he wears. Okay. And when you say it sarcastically. Okay. My Sasha Baron Cohen. You, I, you could have gone with Thor, Loki, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, that, that, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Okay. My Hawkeye. Okay. Well, you know what? Fuck you. How about that? All okay. right. <laughs> and outside, the ones and twos, the giggling man in the back. That is our Hulk, the one and only DJ Arun. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Damn, our Hulk. You yeah. gave him that? Yeah. He's, got, he's got the weight Which on Which one, this, though? Edward Norton? Huh? No, no. Hell no. no. Yeah. Hell no. Come on, Come on now. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. Mark. That's that's his guy. Yeah, there's only one. Yeah. Yeah. He just happens to be the largest one of the three actors who played him. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know. There's always something. There's a deeper There's a deeper meaning with you. It's just statistically more probable that he's that one, okay? Okay. I'll take that. Don't, yeah. Um, Last time you started speaking about statistics, you almost got us in trouble. So let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just narrow this conversation down, yeah, shall we? Yeah. Well, we are going to jump off this week. The recession, the stars continue to align. There's a lot of data that's come out. But should you be scared? And I know all the forecasts. I've heard them all. Mm-hmm. I heard one version today, another version. We'll get into all that. But nobody really fucking knows what's going to happen next. And everybody and their mother speculating. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about owning a home. It's gotten pricey. Fast. And according to one article, a market adjustment is coming. Notice it does not say crash. And for those of you who might be novice, the term crash typically refers to an adjustment in excess or of 20% or more. Mm -hmm. So there you go. The best evidence uh, yet that banning Airbnbs make rent go down in a sensationally sexy article. And I like citing stuff that pisses off the Airbnb crowd because they're so sensey. Listen, I'm part you're of the Airbnb crowd. I'm like adjacent. I'm like adjacent. It's just yeah, but you're not like the owners. No. Here's the thing. I don't mind Airbnb. Yeah. Like it works in some areas. Mm-hmm. But you gotta admit, if you're a homeowner, yeah, you got a family, yeah, it isn't exactly what you want next door to you. No, no, I definitely would not want that next door to me. That's a hundred percent. But if you're buying in a vacation town mm-hmm. and largely a you know transient kind of area, eh, right. who cares? Right. Do you have any Airbnbs, Chris? I do not. I don't like the Airbnbs. I don't. Uh, Airbnbs operate more like a hotel, hospitality. So they right. take more, I guess, physical on. People will debate this, but let's be honest. It takes more oversight and daily management to manage that because you have mm-hmm. constant turnover. Yeah, you could have crew. you could have third party companies do a lot of that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, people come in and out more frequently. They don't care for it the same way as a long term tenant would. For me, 
I got too much shit going on. I got a job. I got other things to do. So, and you know, I don't make my money on social media and bullshit. I make money doing real work. Right. You so, probably want to hear from your management company once every month as opposed to several times a month. Oh, if I don't have to hear from my management company, who's also my sister, <laughs> ever, it's ideal. Right. It, so even now, I'm at the point where my wife and my sister handle everything. I'm just, I'm out. Like, Oh, wow. Unless it's a big-ass expense or some the world's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't even, don't ring my doorbell. Whatever yeah. happened to the property you had in Big Bear? Oh, sold, yeah, a long time ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Big Bear property. Yeah. It was very nice. I would like to own a property in Big Bear one day. I love going out there. When I was a kid, my dad would buy a property every slow season, right? Because before the winter. And he would fix it up, go up there pretty frequently, almost every weekend, and would clean it up and plan projects, whether it's adding a wall or fence or something like that. And then uh, come towards the end of the peak season, he would sell it. Mm. He would usually hold for a year, maybe two at most. And then uh, he, would, he would sell them and buy another one and just kept doing this over and over and over again. And then eventually he started losing money on them and he was like, fuck this shit, man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> wasn't, spent... into, wasn't into holding it for long term? No, no, no. He, um, I, I don't know why. We never really actually had that conversation, but he was always about flipping them. Mm. You know, I think I think he liked the idea of like building up the community a little bit. It's like a, those people that get into like project cars, right? Yeah, I got a lot of those brought on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a sensitive topic. It's a sensitive topic. Somebody's like, "Hey, when was the last time you driven uh, the Datsun?" I was like, nine years ago." Speaking of which, yeah, what? Somebody landed themselves a new car. Who? <laughs> Who? I don't know. Odin, did you get a new car? You get a new car, Ron? Not that I'm aware of. Oh. Oh, okay. Somebody else, you know? Somebody got themselves a Rivian. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, okay, so. We addressed it on the show. Yeah, we did address it. And I've already heard some blowback, people making I'm a scumbag comments, which are, you know, it's true. <laughs> I'm a scumbag. No, oh, not uh, in regards to this. There were there were some people who said that it was uh, uh Hypocritical of me to be buying a Rivian right about now. The deposit was put down over a year ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. So. Uh, and that's because I ordered the long-range version, which just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so I got a Rivian R1T. It's a truck, long-range version. I got it, uh, I think, 17K under what the current MSRP is. It's, mm-hmm. nice. it's a nice truck. Yeah. Uh, I had never driven one. I'd never sat in one. I have never had experience with one, so I showed up the first have time. Have you like, ever bought a car like this before? Yeah, my wife's Tesla, the Model X. But that, was, that was that was for her though. Yeah, well, we bought it online, and yeah. it kind of was exactly what we thought it was. So, oh, okay, it's different. I know, I know, it's weird. But in any event, saying goodbye to the Jeep really hurt me. Of Wait, course. what do you mean you said goodbye to it? I sold it. Oh I, shit! I traded it in. Yeah. Oh, you ended up trading it in. Yeah, seventeen thousand five hundred dollars for a Jeep I bought for thirty six thousand eight years ago, but yeah. put seventy thousand dollars in upgrades in, and I put all the original parts. In the back of the Jeep whenever I trade. Let me tell you, let me tell the listeners right now, there's nobody that took care of their car better. Right? This car was in mint condition. So if there's ever yeah. an example of not to put your money into a depreciating asset, that was one right there. Yeah, that one, that one stung a little bit, but um that wasn't what got me in the end. I, I, I could have lived with the money thing. The money thing was whatever. But um my wife and I had our first date in that car. Mm. So and um I tried to seduce you multiple times in that car. So <laughs> you did. Lots of fond memories. Yeah, Arun, can you move this uh, to the right a little bit, the Google Doc, so I can see it? Thanks. Uh, so, rounding out the show, we'll talk a little bit about Elon Musk's brain implant startup. is ready to start some surgery. And Arun, I'm sorry, we nominated you. Yeah, we had to. They, yeah, we put your name in the in the, in the the pot, and they picked you. Yeah, the listeners want to know what it's like. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, so we want to know if you can electronically control your farting. <laughs> 
<laughs> what we want to do is download some uh, some knowledge onto onto him there, right? He may be the first human who can actually prevent farting. <laughs> or that billy goading. No, I like that part of him. That's my favorite feature. That is not your favorite. That's a lie, That's, Christopher. That just, adds hours like hours to your day. Not anymore. The last the last what four or five episodes? No, no, he's been he's been good. I okay. mean, the last episode was a little more than the, the previous couple, but yeah, you haven't been complaining, so it's true. No, no, yeah. The, I mean, the first fucking month, I swear to God, every night at like one o'clock in the morning when I was editing, I wanted to punch him right in the dick. Yeah, he was lucky that we were far away <laughs> and we had a lot of time in our next conversation. I was like, <laughs> "You motherfucker, shut up." Are those nachos what the fuck is he eating like every time <laughs> it was fucking i mean i'm telling you i lost my shit some nights yeah, sneaking in snacks I, although i should say thank you because the rage kept me awake for hours i was headed like shit you're for, welcome thank you yeah. so kind of you and then we'll round out the show like we normally do with some amazing five-star honest five-star reviews we got a couple of new ones they are as we say in the business bangers bangers golden if you will bangers and uh, let's start off with the Forbes article, shall we? Let's do it. But before you do start off with the Forbes article, for our podcast listeners, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please go over and leave us an honest five-star review like we will on this show. We'll read them at the end of the show. You'll see how excited we get over them. We share them immediately with one another. It does a lot for the show. And for our YouTube listeners and watchers, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, ring that notification bell, do all the goody good stuff. That was, that was good. Yeah, like yeah. Did you uh, write it down? No. Oh, okay. Did I write it down? No, it just sounded, that sounded very rehearsed. It was uh, practice, yeah. You do that shit when you drive. It's, it, it's, it's, you? it's part of the show now. You do that shit when you drive, don't you? <laughs> no. But I'm saying Omar, everybody. Is that what you do? Yeah. The radio voice? Yeah, the radio voice. Huh? No, I can if you want me to. For the record, you said radio. Yeah. You used to make fun of me when I said radio. You're like, what is, oh shit, what is this, 1940? But that is, but that is radio voice. There's okay. no. The, okay, fine. Fair enough. All right. This from Forbes. Recession. The stars continue to align. This article was an itch. Fuck, he pulled a light. So good. I can't keep rhythm going. I'm just going to stop talking tonight. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, fine. <laughs> the first evidence of this showed up in recent employment data. And consumers, two-thirds of GDP, because consumer spending is approximately 70% of GDP, are just starting to adjust after spending a spending spree with free money. Free money, of course, a little nod to things like PPP and unprecedented stimulus during the pandemic, which they saved up. Mm -hmm. Or the fact that there was low interest rates for such a long time. That's right. All free money doled out by the one and only Uncle Sam in 2021 and 2022. Or your brother Biden. No? Uncle Sam, brother Biden. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Maybe it's too familial. Anyway. Credit card balances are now at record levels over $1 trillion and at... Interest rates in the mid-20% range, mm-hmm. some cases up to 30%. Yikes. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah, man. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah. My FICO score, 848, by the way. My wife's vastly improved, 811. Wow. So, so proud of her. Above 800. Yeah, she she uh, crushed it. What do you think my rate was? The last Rivian? time I checked, I was at 804. <laughs> I level. know. Rookie, Rookie. level shit. God damn. Bitch. Room, what, what, uh, 602? What, 60? Oh, he's got it. He's, he's doing good. Uh, it's gone up. It used to be bad. I think I'm at like 760, 770. Oh, there you go. Anything above 720, baby, you're in the money. Yeah, you're in the money. So, what do you think my, uh, rate was quoted on the new Rivian? I think you said 8%. Eight and a half. Wow. Really? Like, just, I was like, is this negotiable? Yeah. I mean, 840, dog. I'm yeah. like, y'all know I host a podcast, right? <laughs> I'm good for it. I'm an influencer, dog. Come I got on. a black card, Can I get, man. Don't see there. Yeah. Why? Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah. 
Come on, man. You need to flash the black card on him? It used to be once an episode. Now it's once a month. Come on. Bro, I bought burritos today with it. It's not like I'm out buying lavish shit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I bought Saeed and I a burrito. We did. We had burritos. No beans. <laughs> What's Why do you have to everybody? Yeah. Just because there's just a lot of uh, theories going around about how much you're farting during episodes. Beans don't make me fart like that. Really? Yeah. Quest bars. Quest bars give me gas, boy. Just straight propane out this motherfucker. <laughs> I, mean, I guess we just wrote them off to never be a sponsor yeah. on the show. I'm sorry, Quest. I can't eat your shit no more. Yeah, I do like your protein chips, though. Yeah, they're amazing, but you'll yeah. be farting your ass off all the way home. All right. I think that's part of their gimmick is they make you feel bloated. Mm. Anyway, we were talking about interest rates being above 20%, in some case 30%. Well, delinquencies are now rising. Mm. Earnings expectations for the retail industry are being cut as major retailers reduce guidance, and stock and analysts have been cutting their earnings forecast. And for those of you who listen to the show, you know we've been saying earnings recession repeatedly. We think we're into or walking into an earnings recession. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That, my friends, that's the beginning of what we will officially declare an earnings recession. When all these companies say, hey, 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 we're going to cut our guidance. We're going to cut what we're telling you we're going to do for the next year, our forward projections, because we don't think we're going to make that much money. Right. Not only do they do, they do that, but the analysts on Wall Street Whatever predictions they make for them at the beginning of any quarter, they're constantly revising those down too. Mm-hmm. Right. Carrying on, banks have cut on cut back on staff and have unrestricted. Le- I'm sorry, I can't even have restricted lending. Yeah, it's just I can't. You're read. so excited. I honestly should not be somebody who reads off screens. I'm okay. the obnoxious guy. I shouldn't be the reader guy. But anyway. Restricted lending both to consumers and businesses while upping their loan loss reserves. Again, preparing for the possibility of more default in their portfolios, right? right because banks are already right now have to set aside a certain amount of reserves mm-hmm. so they can see, foresee what's what's about to happen. So they have to up those reserves because they know even more loans will probably go bad. They are feel fearful that that will happen. Yeah, Housing affordability is at a 35-year low because of a little thing called high home prices. And, of course, equally to blame are mortgage rates. Yeah. Now at 8%, ironically, less than my new car price. Motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, as for inflation, that's about the only good news. It looks like it's, and they, the article says, melting. I would say cutting back. Yeah, I'm CPI is actually supposed to come out tomorrow by the time this episode drops. I don't know. Do you have this anywhere in the show about CPI coming out tomorrow? I don't. Oh, I didn't want to jump into it now, but yeah, C- CPI is supposed to come out tomorrow. So this is one of two CPI reports. Today being Monday, yes. uh, November 13th? Yeah, November 13th is supposed to come out tomorrow, the 14th. So there's going to be two CPI reports um, that are supposed to come out before the next Fed meeting in uh, December, middle of December. Yep. This will be one of them. Projections are that the headline figure is supposed to actually come down from 3.7% down to 3.3%, getting closer and closer to the Fed's target of 2%. However, this isn't necessarily the report that they like to look at. They like to look at uh, PCE, personal consumption expenditures, right? But they think a lot of this has to do with gasoline prices coming down. So we make something very, very simple for those of you listening to the show going, what, huh? That's a lot. That's a lot of acronyms and yeah. like letters. What is he saying? Yeah. So basically, inflation is compared to one year ago, mm-hmm. right? How prices are today compared to one year ago. And it's an average of a bunch of different things. Well, one year ago, there are some numbers that are dropping off from the previous month, which we compared to the last CPI print. Those numbers dropping off give a strong forward indication that inflation will actually come down because year over year, you're not going to see an increase because there was an add, 
a year ago. Right. And why this is why this is so important is for any new listeners that just came on, um, the Fed has been doing their best to tame inflation. And by doing that, they've had to raise their Fed funds rate, making the borrowing costs for banks more expensive, ultimately cooling down the economy. So if you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're feeling a tight pinch at the end of every single month, this is the reason why. So this Forbes article covers a lot of different topics. There's only two topics from the article that I thought were really, really heavy and something that we should hit for the show. Number one, employment. And number two, the business sector. Anybody want to ask me why? Arun? Yeah, yeah, please, why? Why? Why is this so important, Chris? Thank you. Number one, employment affects all of us, right? Unemployment, jobs, scary, scary stuff. You're going to hear about that being reported on a lot. Number two, the business sector. Well, we hear a lot about the mortgage sector in the news. We hear a lot about the Fed and what they're doing. But the business sector is kind of like that quiet thing that's happening. Everybody goes, ooh, the stock market. But they don't really talk about businesses per se. So I really wanted to get into some of these two topics because, number one, they're scary. And number two, they're not talked about enough. I love that because I actually prepared a little bit for this, too. The show? Yeah. I love talking about employment, unemployment. <laughs> hey, I think you like being the scary asshole. A fear monger? A little bit, yeah. 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 I'm okay with that. I was going to say fear bitch, but fear monger works too. Fear bitch? Yeah. Fear bitch. That's a, that's a little excessive. Fear bitch. No? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Giving you the drone pal. Yeah, the JP from the hood. <laughs> October was the first month in a while to show employment weakness. As noted in our last blog post, and that's, of course, Forbes, not ours, because if we had a blog, you guys wouldn't be going to it. Selfish bastards. Yeah. When the revisions were down 101,000, and birth-slash-death model add-on of plus 127000 are accounted for, the payrolls were actually negative in the establishment survey. So payrolls being negative, meaning that people were making less money. Yes. That's not so good. Not so good. Wages going down while inflation prices going up, that puts strain on a lot of households. The household survey, which wasn't mentioned anywhere in the media, registered negative 348,000 net jobs. Ouch. Not mentioned anywhere in the media. Negative 350,000 jobs. That's a big fucking number. But you see how they're always out there mentioning when it's a positive number. Of course they are. And they never mention when jobs are revised down. In some cases, two, if not three times after the announcement of what they Why would they do was. that? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they want everyone to know? Because it's not as sensational. Mm -hmm. if, if you're reporting on the number that we reported on being wrong the first time, mm -hmm. not a good look. Or, or they've been const also constantly reporting that we're in this resilient economy, and now all of a sudden you're going to make a sharp turn? Wait, what, what just happened? I never really thought it was that resilient anyway. That, that's I, the irony of mainstream media. Yes. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> Can't trust them. But you can't trust the guy with the podcast, though. Yeah, yeah. The higher standard, if you will. Yeah. Only if they report from the higher standard. Again. Yeah. Yeah, let's let this sink let in. Yeah, yeah. Let that marinate. Arun? Arun, you always do this to me. And he's just like, <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. I just want to make sure he's paying attention half the time. Yeah. yeah paying attention. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Okay, just checking. You live? Yes, I am. You farting back there again? Nope. Good call. All right. I'm looking for some chips. <laughs> You can't find it. He ate them all. <laughs> and if it weren't for the fall in labor force participation rate, discouraging app, discouraged applicants, the youth unemployment rate would have risen more than point zero point one percent percentage points. That brought it to three point nine percent. The lowest three point four percent last December. I know this is confusing. 
be that as it may, in the post-World War II era, a rise of 0.5 percentage points in the U3 has signaled a recession 100% of the time. Wow. So you have an indicator. Yes. Which, when this happens, 100% of the time, it has signaled a recession. Yes. And that indicator has been flashing. Okay. That's a simple way of putting this, okay? Yeah, there you go. I mean, we've had enough of these you know, alarms that have been signaling, right? But this is the first one that's probably like 100% of the time. So I want you to hold on to that little 100% nugget because I'm going to circle back to that when we're done here shortly. Got okay? it. So hold on to my nuggets. I, I'm holding on to the your one nugget. <laughs> <laughs> one's bigger than the other one. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> so those that believe a soft landing scenario must also believe that this time is different. As Warren Buffett famously said, what we learn from history is that people don't learn from history. Love that. Yeah. Okay, so now we know the jobs numbers are not so good. They're being misreported. And can never be trusted. And there is a U3 flashing indicator which has predicted every single recession. Every single one. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to the business sector, shall we? Let's do it. The economy can't be very good when earnings expectations in seven out of 10 sectors are falling. Seven out of 10 sectors, earnings are dropping. And we called months ago we would walk into an earnings recession if seven out of 10 sectors right. are now revising their earnings down. Fucking hey, man. That's an earnings recession, baby. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to toot my own horn. That's what I have Saeed for. There's a chart here in this article, which you can reference if you'd like to. That shows that healthcare costs lead the way with a negative 16% in reduction in Q4 earnings. For the S&P 500 as a whole, expectations are for a negative 4% in earnings growth. The equity markets is quite sensitive to these earnings expectations and changes. Mm -hmm. So, in addition, we saw that Johnson Redbook reported a negative 1.5% fall in the same store sales in October. And the big box store, in sorry, in the big box stores like Target, Walmart, and Costco, they noted their Q3 reports that customers were both trading down and were foregoing discretionary purchases. So now you got consumers, companies are already revising down expectations, but consumers in the big box stores, the Targets, the Walmarts, the Costcos, the one people go, they go to consistently. Religiously. They get foot traffic, they order there. Mm -hmm. This is the mainstay where everybody goes in America. These are the stores that are the, the biggest, right? Right. They're now making alternative choices that are cheaper, more cost-effective, or just avoiding all the discretionary stuff entirely. Yes. That is a palpable, measurable, and calculated consumer change in behavior. Mm -hmm. That's what trickles into the earnings recessions. That this, that's why these people are revising their earnings down. We have noted in past blogs, again, not our blog, Forbes blog, that manufacturing is already in a recession. The ISM manufacturing PMI at 46.7 for October has been in contraction Below 50 for 11 months now. Okay, so let's paraphrase what we just read and let's make some predictions for all of you listening going, Chris, this is fucking weird data. Stop talking. You can't read. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah, break it down to me. Let me break it down. Number one, okay, employment. Employment is signaling a recession. The data is there 100% of the time they, they call it. Yeah. Number two. We are in an earnings recession. Seven out of 10 sectors are revising earnings down and consumer sectors are clearly showing a pullback in consumer discretionary spending, which is a lagging indicator, which will be reported later on. And we know that 70% of gross domestic product, the number mm -hmm. that really is the moniker for recessionary economies because two successive quarters of negative GDP growth is in fact a recession. Yes. Unless you're the White House. 
It's true. They do like to change definitions. <sighs> they do. I love to do that mid-game. All these things are happening. I have two notable predictions. Prediction number one, we will finally hear from the enigma, the ghost, the National Bureau of Economic Research in Q4 of this year, as in before the end of the year. Also known as Enber. National Bureau of Economic Research, yes. Yeah. Wow, we're going to hear from them this quarter. Huh? We're going to hear for them from them in Q4. Wow. All yeah. right. That's Which a- only gives me 45 days to pull this out of my ass. I mean, that's, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that happening. And I mean, with this unemployment figure, something that I also wanted to, to know that goes right into this earnings recession talk that we're having, right, is there's a lot of corporate debt that will be maturing over the next year to two years, okay, which is only going to make this problem worse. Oh, hell of a lot worse, yeah. So those exact numbers are there's $790 billion of corporate debt that's set to mature by 2024. Okay. Still less than the amount of consumer debt. Still, right. Take Wild. that in. Take that in. Wild, right? But that's so that, I mean, it's rolling, right? So a lot of, um, a lot of these corporations, most people out there, they're never going to get a loan bigger than their 30 year fixed mortgage, right? And that's, that rate is fixed and they don't have to worry about their uh, mortgage like fluctuating the payment, right? Credit card, not so much. Credit card, not so much. But they're not actively, they don't know what they're doing. That's just tacking on every single month, right? They're using that as a means to get by. But what these corporations and these businesses do, they get arm loans, right? They get a, a certain fixed rate for a certain period of time. Eventually, it adjusts up to market. Okay, now, now let's think about this. So that's $790 billion at the end of 2024, a trillion dollars by the end of 2025, okay? it's a lot of money. Still less than consumers have on their credit card debt. Still less... B- but here's my problem. We're talking about unemployment figures in this sick flashing red. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when that debt for corporations matures and it adjusts up, that means just like all of us, if you have a if you have interest that spikes up on your debt payments, their corporations' debt payments are going to have to go up. What are they going to have to do? They're going to have to find a way to make more money, or spend less money, or spend less money. Exactly. So what are they going to do? They they can either increase their prices for their goods or services, or they're going to have to lay off some some divisions, right? And that's one way that we've routinely cited on the show that corporations out there cut on operation costs, right, to ultimately curb this earnings recession. Arun, now would probably be an inopportune time, but yet something we saying I want to talk to you about. Um, <laughs> That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> We're actually having a 33% reduction in force. Yeah, and this unfortunately does impact you. Yeah. I'm going on a cigarette break. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, you say a cigarette break? Yeah. yeah. You mean nacho break. Nacho break. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows we're being sarcastic because everybody knows we ain't making any money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so also, we briefly mentioned earlier at the top of the show that one way that the Fed's been trying to fight this whole problem is to raise the Fed funds rate. So the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, right? The one, uh, one of the indexes that is predicting what's going to happen at the next and future Fed meetings. Right now, eighty-six percent chance that no rate change at December. You know what the future predictions are for, according to Bloomberg's World Interest Rate Probability in Chicago Mercantile Exchange. You know what the probability of rate cuts are for the next three meetings after that, though? No. Fifty percent in each. So it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. Because now, they, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm just saying like that that is the probability right now. The market is so schizophrenic on this. Right. Exactly. And the reason behind that is, right, if the Fed actually does, in fact, come out and cut by then, mind you, the rhetoric that's been going around is they're going to hold these rates higher 
for longer. The only people I've seen on Wall Street that actually predicted that being the case was Goldman Sachs today. Mm-hmm. They predicted there won't be a rate cut until Q4 of 2024. Yeah, good job. I had that. Everybody up. I, I was going to actually cite it. Good for Don't you. Don't big dick me with my own quote. Yeah, good job, man. I'm proud of you. Good for you. Morgan Stanley, though, took a completely different approach. I know. Three three cuts? No, they took multiple cuts. They said by the end of 2025, we'll be at 2.375%. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's going to be incremental cuts, right? So, but, so keep in mind, the rhetoric going on by Jay Powell and all his homies at the FOMC, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They said, we're going to hold rates higher for longer. And to their credit, anything that they've said, they've actually been doing. Okay, so we got to take them for their word at this point. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So with that being said, if they do, in fact, cut Q1 of next year, that means something broke. Something in, in the financial markets had to have had to break and they need to now stimulate the economy again. What could break, Saeed? A lot of things can break, my friend. You want to just throw out a list real quick, see what happens? Uh, I believe the real estate market could break. I think banks could go down. I don't think the real estate market's going to break. I wish it would. Yeah. Because it would solve a lot of the inflation problems pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Commercial real estate? Commercial real estate, unfortunately, is already breaking. Yeah. The jobs market is showing some strong, strong cracks. Yeah. Strong cracks. The, some would say the strongest of cracks. Strong cracks. Uh, the, the business sector, businesses, earnings, mm-hmm. cracks. Yeah. But I don't think any of those break. Really? I, I don't think, think those break. I, I think, think small commercial. cap, mid cap has a real problem on their hands. Small cap businesses, smaller businesses, I think, have, have a problem on their hands. Mid caps will too. But there's a lot of people, a lot of smart people in those companies, a lot of CFOs, a lot of accountants, a lot of, there's a whole finance department in a lot of the mid caps. But it doesn't really, we've, we've said on the show, it doesn't matter how smart they are. The Fed has, has taken this unprecedented measure that they could have never planned for. I agree. And, and trust me, <laughs> firsthand front row seats to that experience. But- Generally speaking, there'll be a lot of M and A there, so they won't necessarily go bankrupt. If they if they do, they'll probably Chapter Eleven will restructure. But generally speaking, the companies will survive. Okay, it'll affect the employees certainly. It'll affect some other things. But will the companies fail? Will it be cataclysmic? No. Okay, I think commercial real estate has that possibility because there's a lot of unknowns there, and that's probably the one big red flag that I see right now. But there are other things that that concern me greatly. Okay, I look at the bond market. Yes. And we've seen a lot of instability, wild rises up and down, mm-hmm. which we typically don't get. Right. That that bothers me. The, and not something that I think the Fed was planning on. Why is that? Because I think with what has happened in the bond market, especially with, you know, the 10 year mm-hmm. as, as of late. Right. We talked about it on, on previous episodes that how much this has changed is actually implementing like another 25 basis point increase. Right. Yes. To, to everybody out there. And what the Fed's been trying to do is trying to control this, and they're trying to find that neutral rate, that perfect rate where they can hold for a long time. And something like an extra 25 basis point increase or the effect of that could have rippling effects that they did not account for. Except the tenure tends to rise and then settle back down. In this case, no different. It hit 5% and then came back down almost half a point right? almost immediately, dropping mortgage rates the same week at, at a clip we hadn't seen in a very long time. Yeah. So, and now it seems to be somewhat stable around four and a half, a little, little north of that. But, you know, is it going to go back up? I don't know. But does the Fed go, hey, you know, that, that pressure is coming down. Do we need another 25 basis points now? Is that what Jerome Powell's trying to wink, wink, nudge, nudge? 
Right. Just close the fucking door. <laughs> just close the fucking door. If the Fed actually doesn't do anything, if they don't raise rates again, which I've been on record saying that I don't think that they are. I don't, I don't think they are either. Yeah. That means that the last rate that they last time they raised rates was in July. So by the end of this year, that'll be five months of holding already. Was it really July? Yep. July. God damn, bro. It felt. It, it, this feels like a very long, drawn-out process. As a banker, man, I can tell you, I, I lived and worked through the Great Recession. It was scary. People lost jobs, you know, and the, the unemployment was palpable, and it was really, really high. The real estate market was weird. People, it was on fire. People lost their, their 401ks overnight, and, and it was not easy. But this, this has been... So much more stressful, and yet none of those things have happened yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe it's just me because I'm front row as as a banker in the space. But fuck, man, I it has been the most difficult time to manage through. And I think a lot of it circles back to the uncertainty and what the Fed's strategy has been here. They've been communicative about like this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do, but they haven't explained why they took the tact. And yes. I've said it a thousand one times on the show. And I think this like fear of is the fed going to do something more or what's the fed going to do next has really made it hard to find comfort in knowing that things are going to be okay maybe that's maybe that's what they're going for i don't i don't know well for for me also it wasn't just that right it's okay everybody it's like that famous quote every mike tyson i think everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face well the fed is taking this approach without maybe i don't know if they can i don't even know how you would even begin to consider all the other issues that could arise at the same time, right? I mean, think about it. Monetary policy, fiscal policy, two completely separate things. Mm-hmm. During this whole process, student loan payments are coming back online. They don't know when that's happening, right? Well, according to Biden, it was all going to be forgiven. It was all- Which, by the way, man. Piece of shit move, dude. What a D-bag. He knew that shit was unconstitutional. Yeah, he was selling a he dream. Knew. He was like, listen, we can get them all hooked up to the crack. Right. And we can... We can just get him, get him addicted. Yeah, get our votes. Right, and then we'll go. Oopsies, bro! I got that email saying, "Hey, it's been waived." I was like, "Oh my!" And god. And you fought with me about that shit. He was like, "No, Chris, I got mine. It's gonna. I got an email. It's gonna be waived." Ooh, I didn't know I talked like that. Yeah, who are you impersonating? You do talk like that. Who are you huh? impersonating? That's a derogatory uh, impersonation right there. I. Who am I impersonating? Say, <laughs> who do you think I'm, I'm asking you? I'm. I don't know. Did you just clear your throat? No, that was me. <laughs> it's, it's, part, it's part of the show. Damn. It's okay. He did like a like a mime version of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I mean that's forty million Americans that are gonna get, you know, their student loan repayments are getting restarted. Now also, we're not gonna get political on this show, but all the geopolitical concerns that are out there. Anything can happen at any given time, man. And it's like if anything else happens in addition to what the Fed is doing. So that that's the shit that scares me. That's so, what I'm talking again, about. So that's the shit that I'm like, okay, what could cause crack in the system? Certainly commercial real estate. But fuck, man, the geopolitical world, again, not political, but you got Ukraine and Russia, and that's been real not reported recently, which freaks me out. Wow, like, more money going to Ukraine. We're not going to get political on if it's a good thing or bad thing. The Israel-Palestine right? conflict has just been front and center yep. everywhere, and it's dominated the news, but Iran is behind some of this. Yep. The U.S. is certainly at odds with that country, mm-hmm. and you got China making moves. You got the U.S. sending... Planes to South Korea as a as a show of force to North Korea. I mean, they, we are one dumbass move right away from a geopolitical event, which does have serious and real financial implications. And just oh, fun fact: 
an election coming up in November of 24, mm-hmm. one year from now, mm-hmm. actually a little bit less than one year, November 5th, wartime presidents have a higher probability of reelected, being reelected. There's and I'm no not going to... There's no way. I'm not going to be this guy. I'm not going to put the tinfoil hat on, shaped like a dick on top of my head, and, and be that conspiracy theorist, right? I don't want to be the dick-shaped guy. Can you please be that guy? I don't want to be. Okay. But, comma, but, but, if you're Joe Biden, you need all the help you can get. Do you think the Democrats are above starting a war or being in a wartime scenario? It's not it's not it's not the Democrat thing, man. I think it's it's I don't I wouldn't put that past anybody. Exactly. Yeah, it's so not it's a, I don't put is, it past a Republican, the Democrat, the independent, it doesn't matter. So here's what I'm saying is like a wartime situation could really fuck up our economy. Bad. Because you know because we understand that this time around, right, we're even that much more of a global economy. Well, and we're already spending hundreds of billions yeah on aid for other allies other countries it, it's, it's that's ba- government spending it's baked in and it, you, this is the part that's crazy like we are running on a two trillion dollar deficit every year two trillion we're we're making four trillion dollars in tax revenue but we're spending six trillion keep right. in mind by the time this episode airs uh i think it, it, we would have already found out right because but we don't know. We're on a potential another government shutdown again. I just had a realization. Mm. It's fucked up. <laughs> the only person that's spending worse than the U.S. consumer who's now at an unprecedented <laughs> level of debt yeah. is the U.S. government. It's, yeah, exactly. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how can we blame these consumers? They're just learning from Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam's a bitch. Man, Uncle Sam, he needs some. You know what he needs? He needs uh, some financial literacy. That's what he needs. Yeah. Wonder where you can get that from. (laughs) Just the number one financial literacy podcast in the world, kids. This would be a good time to leave us an honest five-star review if you haven't. It's the motherfucking higher standard, baby. Yeah, go on the show notes. Make sure you click all the links. Not in the comments section. You are pimping that a little hard today. What? Click the links? You're over-pimping the the social media. I'm saying click the transcend link. You should do that. 100% do that. But. Get sexier. You sound like. Get healthier. Get healthier, get sexier, all the good stuff. Come on, man. I actually spoke to a representative over there earlier today. Did you actually finally do it? Yeah. They're sending me up uh, with my labs to get my blood work done. Oh, shit. And then I just, uh, I was like, listen, I want to ask you some questions uh, just to see what the process is like. And the guy was so articulate, took the time. Who did you you talk to? Was it a representative? His name is Brandon. Oh, yeah. I talked to him. You talked to him too? This guy was amazing, and he walked me through the whole thing. Said if I ever have any questions, you give me his direct line. He's really nice, right? He's an amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like a sales. The, the team over there, you can tell they they know what they're doing, and you know they'll walk you through. And they don't. It was didn't force anything on me. No, but it's weird though. Is like how comfortable they are. Like Very they, comfortable. They, they, they talk about a lot of this shit. That like you're like, oh, do we can we talk about steroids? <laughs> can we? Yeah, <laughs> talk about the juice. Oh, you yeah. want to do? You want some cognitive help? You know what I do, and this is fucked up. I know you wouldn't think about looking at me, but I'm on testosterone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got to preface it, right? Yeah. Technically, I am on steroids. Yeah, well, what'd you do with these? Uh, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm, look, I'm watching your podcast right now. Have you ever thought about taking testosterone? You're like, bitch, I'm on it right now. Yeah. You can't tell my skin's really red and I'm always yelling at Saeed and Rune? Yeah. No? That's where it's coming from. No, it's actually estrogen that does that. Yeah, it's your estrogen. Yeah, when you estrogen Take the estrogen blockers. That, yeah. yeah, I am on an estrogen blocker. I take half a tab, baby. For the new listeners. Yeah. Chris had some nipple sensitivity. <laughs> Why are you laughing, bitch? It's true. My estrogen level spiked. I needed a blocker, goddammit. 
He was crying for Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I was crying my ass off for Peaky Blinders. And then the shower afterward, my nipple sensitivity peaked up. <laughs> Wife walks in, I'm holding my nipples and looking at the floor going, what's wrong with me? And then I had a hot flash that night. Oh, man. Yeah, in bed. It was fucked up. I'm like, fuck, it's hot. My wife's like, oh, my God, you're having menopause. Oh, yeah, yeah that was yeah. <laughs> So I've got a whole, let me tell you right now, as much as we think um, emotions are like this mental thing, there's yeah. a lot of chemical involved in that shit. Let me tell yeah, you right now. First hand experience. You could take, you could take something that'll change the way you feel, like legitimately change the way you feel. That's awesome. The one thing that he said that he was really got me thinking was like, because I had been telling him like, you know, I've been having like a hard time like sleeping. Like, I feel like I don't get good sleep. I'll sleep straight through, mm. but I don't wake up feeling refreshed. You know, I'll, I'll still wake up feeling tired from time to time. You know, actually most times. And he's like, oh, we got stuff for that too. What do you What do you recommend? Uh, he he actually thought that the BPC one fifty seven would help with the recovery, which would ultimately help me get a better sleep. No, I, I took it. I loved it. Yeah. I, I probably will take it again. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. But, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I know it's going to be sad for most people. Probably some shocking news. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, I, we, we are so sad to be the first person to report this to you from Barron's. Owning a home has uh, gotten pricey. Can you believe it? Fucking shock. What the I'm hell, man? Fast. Since when? A market adjustment is coming. I hope. Is that I see the, the the petty bastard in me wants to repost this and tag every realtor I know. Yeah. Right? And be like, what do you guys think? Free engagement, baby. They're all gonna comment, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick. It twisted. I'm thinking of social media engagement. Yeah. But this has also got a long quote. I promise that this is the last long quote of this particular show. The gap between median rents and what a new homeowner would pay for a property at today's mortgage rates has never been wider. At least as far back as we have the data, anyway. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. A little bit. <laughs> the fact that fact will have large implications for the mortgage and housing markets. Since the end of 2019, the consumer price index is up 19%. Meanwhile, rents have gone up by 31% from $1,562 to $2,047, while home prices have increased by 41%. From $244,918 to $348,539. It's a big jump. And this doesn't consider the impact of interest rates, which have increased from 3.74% at the end of 2019 to a whopping kick in the dick 7.5% in the latest reading. It was as high as 8% just a couple weeks ago. That's more than double. That's uh, that's math. I can so do I, maths. You can do the maths. I went to Kumon. Man. <laughs> I graduated. You did. I know I can tell. Yeah. Reading rainbow. This means that assuming a 5% down payment, that the mortgage payments on a mid-tier home have jumped from $1,076 to $2,315, an increase of 115%. Mm. 115% increase. And people are like, oh, man. Home values haven't gone up that much compared to rents. Math says no. Yeah. Yeah. Math says no. Uh, looked at differently, in 2019, most mortgage payments were considerably less than the rental payments. Now they are much, much, much more. What does all this mean, you might be asking? Why are Chris and Saeed talking about home prices again? And why should I give a flying fuck? Yeah. I'm not buying right now anyway, so why should they care, Chris? 
Fewer renters will seek to become homeowners, decreasing the demand for housing. Mm. Supply is already down as so many borrowers are locked into low-rate mortgages. Remember that 3.74% rate back yeah. in 2019? They got a lot of those. I think 90% of all people with mortgages right now have a rate of 6% or less. Mm-hmm. 60% of 4% or less. That's right. With demand falling and supply constant, the pressure that has raised house prices and shortened listing times over the past four years will likely ease. It will certainly result in fewer real estate sales and mortgage originations, like we've already seen and experienced in the market, requiring the downsizing of those industries, which we're already seeing in the market. So higher unemployment? Yeah. Tons of realtors flooding the market and going back into regular jobs because it's just difficult right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get it. It's hard. It will increase the demand for home renovations and institutionalize the comeback of second lien mortgages. There will be many adjustments ahead. People are definitely going to have to tap into the equity of their homes in order to, because uh, they're not going to be able to refinance. Uh, and I don't, they, they probably won't because rates are too high, right? So they'll probably tap in. If I don't know for how long. I mean, what lenders out there are really going to want to put a second behind somebody right now? A few years ago, the top lenders were banks. Now, top five mortgage lenders, first trustee mortgage lenders, are non-bank lenders. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Most people who have a second trustee, if you're a bank, you certainly will not go behind somebody else's first trustee. Right. And if the odds are, overwhelming odds are that the top five mortgage lenders in the country are non-bank lenders, you would be asking a bank to go behind somebody else's first trustee. Right. Plus, banks are also tightening up their credit requirements. And while we're at it, little thing called inflation is happening. Yeah. Wages are coming down. Inflation is going up, meaning your debt ratios are getting more constrained combined with more tightened credit underwriting standards, and obviously banks not wanting to go behind somebody else's second trustee. It's going to be really fucking hard to find a second trustee. Now, if home values go down on top of that, even more reason for banks not to do it. I see smoke. And where there's smoke, there's fire. Or marijuana. <laughs> yeah, people are smoking. Cannabis. Exactly. Um, yeah, man. I, what The tricky part about this is for the people out there – we actually cited not too long ago we had an episode where for the first time in a long time it's it's cheaper to rent in most uh large metropolitan areas yeah. than it is to actually buy. Yep. You know, and the the quickest way three things actually need to happen in order to fix this affordability issue. Right? Rates need to come down, uh prices need to come down, there needs to be more inventory on the market, right? And wages need to go up. All three of these things which are very likely not going to happen. Right. All together. A big thing that people are trying to hope for is new construction. Right. There's not they can't make enough homes to solve this problem fast enough. Not only can they not make enough homes, these new construction companies that are out there that are building these homes. Right. National Association of Home Builders. Right. They're pricing out their projects. It takes, what, 12, 18, 24 months. Right. For the larger product. For large for sub yeah. for subdivisions, right? Here's the problem with that. They got to get loans right now that are all time high, and you're how are you going to price it? You don't. They, it's almost impossible for them to know where values are going to be at two years from now, given everything that's going on. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market. Look at the two year. Look at the three year treasuries, right? So, for them right now, they're going to continue to sit on the sidelines. That's why you see housing starts completely silent. I haven't yeah. heard. I, nobody's even reporting on it anymore. Right. So uh, I don't know what what it's going to take. I, I think unemployment is going to have to go up 
in order for some some units to come online. Yes, we're not going to see anything like we did in the Great Recession where 2.9 million homes came online. But that's going to have to be something because as of right now, there's only 100,000. Uh, I think they priced in 100,000 people you know, foreclosing on their homes. So if you're listening to the show and you're new or if you've been perusing the social media app of your choice, TikTok and Instagram are probably the worst offenders. There's inevitably somebody who's very confident with a real estate background or appeals to the home builders or realtors or just the industry and on the whole. And they mm -hmm. typically make the same circuit. Mm -hmm. They roll around all the real estate events and they pontificate in this confident way. This is not going to happen. There's the supply and demand. And it's not even the Dave Ramsey of the world who's also a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Ironically, uh, Grant Cardone criticized Dave Ramsey for giving bad advice. Talk about the pot calling the kettle stupid. <laughs> Fuck. Those two idiots couldn't... You could put both their IQs together and you still wouldn't get a normal person. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, not a lot there. You can knock. Neither one of those fools no, no, not going to be home. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just dumb and dumber. Yeah, yeah. Just bad. There you go. So bad. Anyway, that was in the... Somebody paid... I think probably Grant Cardone paid for that article and I'm just like, God... Damn it! This is so painful. Just so these trying to make people go broke, and I'm like, and you're helping people? Yeah. How are you helping people? I mean, have you met you? Right. Uh, anyway, so you have these people who are very confident on these circuits that are talking about, look, these things are going to happen, and they're very matter of fact. Let me just be clear. Said and I are not the most intelligent people in the world. Facts, no cap. Bars. Yeah. And uh, we don't have a bias. We have nothing to sell you here. Zero. Nothing. We don't belong in trade associations. None. Well, I'm you a, re a, I'm a realtor, yeah, realtor, and yeah. Law, law one too. You got a law firm, yeah. We don't belong in trade associations that want your money. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah, we might eventually. <laughs> if you trust us. Yeah, we're gonna make t-shirts say "Help me." Yeah. Um, if we can tell through direct comments now, and some before that were just somewhat suggested, the Fed's intention is to have unemployment rise and home values go down. They, they mean, they've essentially said that, right? Why, though? They needed to. They needed to in order to hit their target inflation rate of 2 to 3%. Mm -hmm. Rent and rent equivalent are about 33 or 34% of CPI. Yeah, but the Fed's not going to actually come out and say they need unemployment to go up, right? Because part of their dual mandate is to provide maximum employment. Yeah. But they know in order for the consumer to pull back on spending, which makes up 70% of GDP, People need to lose their jobs. That's like asking a judge, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? And he goes, you know what? I sentence people to jail. Yeah. That's what he does. But is he going to say that? No, he's going to say, I administer justice. Good job, man. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. On the fly like that? Yeah. Good Pulled it right out of my ass. Did you smell? Yeah. Did you make a whiff? It, felt like it. it does smell like it came out of your ass. <laughs> So many people are going to be confused with this show. They're like, wait, I just listened to the Baller Busters one, and this is the shit that I get next? Why did I subscribe? <laughs> Why did I do this? This is so fucking weird. It's like butt and penis jokes and, news and financial news in between. What's going on here? It's confusing. And that guy, Arun? Yeah, what is he doing back there? Does he look like the Hulk? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been sitting on this article the whole time. I know. He's like, why are these fucking guys moving faster? We're an hour in. There's only three articles we talked about. Because I'm trying to reduce my own editing time, you selfish Two fuck. Two articles. <laughs> <laughs> We're going right into the reviews right after this. Yeah, I know. It's perfect. And that's how you stretch it out, kids. <laughs> You got a lot of Always experience talking about stretching. Yeah, you got stretching. A, you got a lot of experience stretching things out. Anyway, yeah, 
But there's an article in here about Airbnb's uh, bans can make rent housing prices affordable. And new study, this from Business Insider, which Granny saw it. Business Insider is a real shittiest reporting. Uh, but mm. I'll paraphrase in the interest of time. Uh, in areas where they have uh, prevented Airbnb by putting in uh, long-term requirements, they actually talk about the city of Irvine, which is where the city I live in, uh, in this because the, in order to have an Airbnb, it has to be long-term only, and they've got some pretty significant constraint there. What's considered long-term? Uh, anything over 30 days. So you can only rent out an that Airbnb is, for 30 like, days or more. I feel like that's not long-term enough for me. What do you mean? I, I want it to be longer, man. Come uh, on, 30 well, days? That's the constraint they put in place. You can do you can do 30-day rentals or more, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in areas like that, uh, it actually seems to correlate to housing prices being more affordable and uh, rent going down. Okay, good. So I, I don't necessarily understand the full mechanism as to why, but this article is great. They do a full case study of the city of Irvine in it where it talks about entire neighborhood blocks being restricted uh, for Airbnb uses. Not to say that people don't abuse this, they do. Right. But uh, certainly a fascinating read. If you're in the Airbnb space, I would spend some time on this article. It's in the show notes. Click at your heart's content. Yeah. You want to do the reviews? I can, you got the review face. I, I want the reviews. You got the review Because, you know, I want to hold somebody accountable. Raul. Raul from Texas. Raul came through hard. Came through hard. I think, no, this is the second listener that has done this. Yeah, but Raul Souls is 49. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got 49 more to yeah. go, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, this from. Hey, hey, buddy. I prepared a heads this time. Oh, there you go. Review yeah, yeah, yeah. in the show notes. Look at you. All fancy. Yeah. I came prepared. Because you. you always pull your phone out and then like you look at it and you squint. You and then squint. You, and you, sometimes it gets cut off and you're like very, it's very mechanical. This, just let you read, baby. Take it in. This from Raul. Oh, look at Odun. See? Thank you, buddy. This from Raul from Texas. Great pod, exclamation mark. I want, for the listeners out there, this is Raul's second review. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's how good he thought we were. This is what we encourage everybody to do. Grab somebody's phone that you love. Yeah. Say, look, I love you. You need to do this for you. Of course. And then do what my friend Raul right. here does. Kept it very simple. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. Yeah. Great pod, exclamation mark, five stars. Clearly honest again. Mm-hmm. This is an honest individual, honest Abe. Very honest. Right? Great podcast, exclamation mark. I have the wife listening now, Raul from Texas. Yeah. I would love for other listeners to start calling themselves Raul from Texas, too. <laughs> Everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said he was going to get his 50s, so he owes his 49 more. Raul, we love you. Love the initiative. Yeah. Uh, Keep up the great work. Yeah. Well, we, we look forward to the next 49. I'll send you that $5, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, here, best finance and business podcast, hands down. down hands I'm down. assuming. Yeah, I'm assuming it's hands down. down. It wasn't right? hands up. That'd From Fat Tony 69. So he messaged me. What's the very privately. Play- That's a very playful name. And he was like, fuck, man. He's like, this is how much I love you guys. I haven't used my Apple account in so fucking long. I forgot my name was Fat Tony 69, and I'm a little embarrassed by it. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Fat guy 69? Tony? Oh, yeah. But he gave us five stars. Clearly, Fat Tony's being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Came across the Higher Standard Podcast via a IG short. And I'm glad that I started listening. Wow. Appreciate that. Yeah. Chris and team break financial events two times a week in a way where it's not too complex and easy to understand. This podcast has replaced the All In as the top pod of my rotation since All In has gotten way too political lately. So you switched from four recognized billionaires to three unknown billionaires. Unknown billionaires, one yeah. with a black card. <laughs> hey, you got to get, honestly, you got to get Centurion tattooed on your belly. You know the worst part about it is, is like nobody gives a fuck. I know. 
people are literally still watch a video that I made over that on my personal YouTube channel, like to this day. And I still get questions from people. And it's like, why? Make me an authorized signer, dog. Well, yeah, that happens all the time. Why people obsess over it, I do not know. Right. It doesn't mean you make a lot. It just means you spend a lot. Man. Yeah, it's, that's true. And every single fucking time I pay it, I'm like, fuck this card. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those MX cards that has to be paid in full monthly. Yeah. yeah. Don't they all have to be paid? No, there's, no. there's a couple different versions yeah. now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I paid in full monthly. There you go. Last month, $43,000. Personal card. Minor flex. Not including business. Not including just. In case anybody wanted to know. Yeah, in case you wanted to know. In case you wanted to know how big the flex was. That's just me fucking around and finding out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And now I'm poor. Oh, man. Odun, you got anything? Nope. Nothing, huh? Um, Really? Is this the last episode before I I leave now? I feel like like he got a little nervous given that this is the episode after uh, Baller Brothers came out. He's like, man, we could probably got a bunch of people listening. I thought he was going to talk about booty sweat and busting up bars. Why? Tropic Thunder, bro. I know. I got it, but why? Did you? Yes. Because you can't make that movie anymore. No. No. There's a lot of movies you can't make anymore. Like what? Not going down this rabbit hole oh, with you. Oh, you know what? I got a bone to pick. All right. I got to sit up for this one. Let's with do who? It. Yeah. With who? No, not a boner. Um, so, David Fincher. Okay. Great director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron, if you can Google him on IMDb. I think he did Fight Club, Gone Girl. He did a bunch of really, really great movies. They all have a similar aesthetic, very suspense-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a great filmmaker. This movie, The Killer, just came out. Seven? Yeah. So he did Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl. I mean, a bunch of fucking great movies. He did Gone Girl? Yeah. That was, oh, wow. Yeah. Ben Affleck, right? Zodiac. I mean, he, he did some amazing. He the is, Game? That was a great movie. Yeah, he's one of my favorite directors. Because he he's not a big blockbuster guy, but he's... His stories have generally been really good. Okay. And if you've seen Gone Girl and Fight Club, the stories are just fucking good, man. Yeah. So, my wife and I, at home, on a Saturday night, what do you want to do, babe? Let's watch a movie. Go to Netflix, and uh, we see The Killer. Okay. Directed by David Fincher. All right. Oh, okay. Michael uh, Fossbender, Foss, whatever yes. his name is. Yeah, Fossbinger. Fossbinger, yeah, that guy. He's, he stars in it. Okay. Right? He's a great actor. Magneto, baby. I mean, you can't acknowledge that. A room can. You're really not, buff. Yeah, pop culture. Yeah. He's still trying to figure out who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it is a fucking terrible movie. Oh, he let you down? Oh, my God. Not only did he let me down, he punched me right in the groin. It was a payday. He just won a quick payday from Netflix. And the end of the movie was so bullshit. Really? It wasn't even like a surprise ending. Yeah. Really? Oh, you it was it was foreshadowed or what? It's almost like there was nothing. They they wrote a story like, what if this just happened like it would in real life? <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of Netflix movies lately. It was I mean, it was such bullshit. The whole movie I was like, Why? Really? It, oh my god, I was so Have you guys seen any good movies lately? Ryan Gosling movie on Netflix, What <laughs> Ruins the the Gray well, Man? Yeah, did you ever watch this movie? Uh, it was the same thing. It yes, was like, I did. Yeah, it was I like did. a movie I was super excited for, and then like the ending was just like blah. Well, the the movie The Killer, even more blah than than that by far. And just anecdotally, why haven't they made the other guys too? Amazing movie, fucking great movie. I walked in, I stepped into watching that movie, not realizing that it was going to be like a comedy. It was, I was laughing my ass off. The Bro. best, the best quote from the whole movie. Sorry, you look Filipino. <laughs> 
at the end. <laughs> Wait, that's your wife? No, you're messing with me. What? That's what he said in the movie. Yeah. You don't remember that quote? You hit my wife, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got real sensitive, real kind of defensive. <laughs> throw your hands up. About to throw some hands. These soft manicured hands. Yeah, you do get manicures. I, I haven't. I don't actually don't do them that much anymore. It's been a long time. I just stick to waxing my ass these days. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. good. Call actually, it this is a true story too. This is I'm oversharing, but I'm over. Yeah, you guys, you guys, you guys won't share. So I get I get biweekly injections of 70 milligrams of testosterone, right? Okay. So 140 milligrams total, but I do it on Monday and I do it on Thursday. Okay. It happens to be the days we do a podcast. Oh. I got to get juiced up before I come in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the energy drinks don't cut it for you. You need yeah. actual testosterone. Yeah. You ever notice my voice gets deeper on Mondays and Thursdays? Yeah. Is that what it is? Testosterone. Yeah. So. Obviously, transcend product. Yeah, clearly. but um, so my wife, she's a nurse. She's an RN. Mm-hmm. She used she used to work, and you know now she takes care of our son. But right, she's uh, you know, she's still the one who administers my shots. Yeah, have to. I mean, have to. Do do people administer their own shots? I I do. It always hurts a little bit after I do it myself. I don't know why. I thought you said when you tried doing it, like blood squirts out. I did it once. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So the shot for testosterone is like an inch long needle. Okay. I mean, it's deep in your ass. <laughs> so you get you put some. You deep, put it in your thigh. You, so, yeah. so you put it something deep in your ass is what you're saying. Twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah, like on a, on a clock. Good for you. Uh, so when I do that, it's never been a problem. The one last time I gave myself a shot, I must have hit a vein or something. I pulled it out. Blood's like fucking squirting everywhere. Oh my god! And I like, immediately think about cleanup. Everyone's asleep upstairs, and I'm down there going, ah, ah! How do you stop it? And like, I didn't have like a paper towel or anything. I don't want to get blood on my clothes. I don't want to stain it. It was late at night. I was working on the pie. It was just fucking shit show. Yeah. Anyway, so my wife's giving me a shot today, and she goes, hey, honey, remember when you laser hair removed your butt? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, it didn't work. Yeah. She's giving you the shot. She can see. Yeah. And I'm just like, you you could have at least, like, you know, softened that up for me a little bit. Too much testosterone. I mean, it grows back, right? That is part of the reason, yeah. Part of the reason, yeah. yeah. Part of the reason. It grows back. All right. Are we going to get another FaceTime from you then? Yeah. Another session? FaceTime for me. No, 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 no. You guys FaceTimed me while I was getting my butt lasered. There's a right. difference. And you answered. And that nurse was so pissed. She never took me again. Rightfully so. She never took me <laughs> I again. I would be upset too. <laughs> she wouldn't do it. <laughs> Why? It's not like you're the one whose ass is out. But she doesn't want she doesn't know for screen recording. What does it matter? She's wearing yeah. like the full laser goggles over her face. Come on, man. This my is... booty's up. Hers not. Bro, how would you like it if somebody just answers a FaceTime call while you're at work? It happens all the time. It's called Zoom, bitch. <laughs> No, without you knowing, bitch. <laughs> I can, I see her point, man. How? You got to give her a heads up. Like, hey, man, I'm going to take this FaceTime call. If you don't want to be in it, just take a step back. Arun, you want to handle this? Why? Why does he have to, like, tell her? She can still do her job. I'm pretty sure it's policy, bro. What are you talking about? Policy? Are, we, are, are you being serious? Is it a HIPAA violation? There's, what policy? I can't violate my own HIPAA. <laughs> she doesn't know if you're screen recording. What does that matter? You've got fucking big ass laser like protection face gear on. Okay. You can't tell what anybody looks like behind so that can shit. I, so then can um, I record somebody in surgery like in the OR while they're delivering a C-section? Why does it matter? Everyone's everyone's face. I button. literally recorded my wife in the OR where they're giving Wait, her no, but You're answer- the one getting the surgery done? During the surgery. If my wife was recording herself, I'm sure that's fine. I'm pretty no man. Come on, if, she, if she's answering a FaceTime call, they're not gonna allow that shit. You're comparing a C-section, oh, bro, to me now, getting my ass oh, laser now, yeah, hair yeah, removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
semantics now all of a sudden. How convenient. Okay, dude, first of all, you go to fucking Europe, people are nude on the beach, okay? But yeah. There's no one says you can't have a cell phone Listen, on the beach. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to take the opposite side of the girl that's working hard on cleaning your ass. Okay, first of all, working hard on cleaning my ass is not accurate, okay? Yeah, clearly. There's there's a lot there, clearly. No, there's not. Yeah. Okay. It's peach fuzzy, but that's about it. Maybe she stopped halfway because you pissed her off. I agree. Maybe that's why that's why it's coming back. That's what Maybe happens. It never went away. That's what you get. Now you got to go back for three more sessions. Okay, so because I committed to you guys that would answer the phone if you called, I'm being punished because of your shit? Yeah, exactly. God did that. God did. <laughs> God did. They didn't want us to get another laser hair removal, so we got yeah. another laser hair removal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, you got anything on it? And another um, one. And another one. All right, should we call it? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good night, everybody. That's very off rhythm. Yeah, but uh, like they got new listeners. Hard. Yeah, why'd you breathe so hard? You got a fart or something? I actually did. I, <laughs> I was holding it in. <laughs> Jesus. Bye. Yeah.